0: Welcome to the AXIS Performance Podcast. This podcast was originally designed to really have conversations with people in the sports science and strength and conditioning industry. And here you'll hear people's stories on how they got to where they got in the industry. Athletes talking about triumphs and battles they've had and then a whole heap of banter. The whole podcast is 100% unscripted, nothing's pre-planned so I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Axis Performance Podcast proudly sponsored by Nike, Gatorade, Under Armour and Oreo. Uh, Today here we have exercise scientist Jacoby I can't pronounce your last name. How do you pronounce your last name, mate? Hi, Haiyan, like Haiyan. Um, and we're going to have a chat to him about his journey um, since deciding he wanted to do exercise science. So, tell us a little about yourself, non-exercise science related.
1: Um, okay, so basically my whole background has been in basketball. Um, ever since I was four years old, I've played. Um, so, I guess that's sort of where the whole... Sports science journey sort of began because I went in that direction. Um, outside of basketball, there's not a lot to me. I'm pretty simple. Um, I like I like camping. I like to fish. Um, I love dogs. Um, I love to travel. I've seen seen quite a bit of the world. So I've been pretty lucky. Um, so they're, they're probably the big th- the things that keep me keep me busy. And um, recently taken up golf. <laughs> so uh, other than that, that's about it. I'm pretty simple. Lovely. Alrighty.
0: So. Tell us a little bit about, we'll, we'll put the professional stuff on hold for a little
1: bit. Tell us a little bit about your basketball career. So you've had a bit of a history in the Big V. Yep, yep. So I um, sort of started playing junior representative at Pakenham when I was 10 years old. Um, once I was 15, I was eligible to play Big V, so I joined the Big V squad there um, under head coach Danny Adamson. Shout out. Shout out to Danny Adamson. Um, obviously, as a bit of a young guy there, I was you know part of the development squad, um, playing with guys that were, you know well-developed in the Big V, Big v League and, and things like that. So sort of was playing Big V there and as well as my junior representative um, and playing in the Melbourne Metropolitan League at the same time. Um, so trying to get a good mix of junior representative and senior basketball. Sort of by the time I was 17, 18, I started shifting my focus solely onto Big V um, and dropped out of the junior rep. Um, looking back on it, probably wish I didn't do that. Um, just sort of hindered my development a little bit, I think. Um, but I had the opportunity to keep growing in the big V League, so I decided I would. Um, a few changes occurred at the club and sort of battled it out there for till I was about 21. A uh, couple of playoff berths, but no, no, no big ones, unfortunately. And then uh, sort of found myself in a bit of a lull where I was still loving basketball, but I just wasn't putting forth the effort and the time required. Um, um, so yeah, I found myself in a bit of a lull where I was still loving basketball, however I wasn't putting in all the extra time and the effort required to be at the top of my game, um, I was a little bit out, out of shape and um, kind of just enjoying being a young guy there for a little while, um, so in order to, to change it up and you know, get, that, get that love love for all the extra work back again, I... I decided to make a shift and I went to Mornington Breakers uh, and joined their Youth League Big V program, so I was 23 and under. I was able to get a couple of years in there playing with some guys that I'm pretty close with, um, which helped rekindle my spirits for basketball and moved on again into their senior program, where I played for another two years and have recently just taken a year off to focus on, on work. Um, and yeah, now looking at making a comeback back, at, back where I started at Packham Warriors. Lovely, and how, uh, how are the tryouts going so far? I know it's been a bit of an interrupted. Yeah, not, not too great for myself. Um, unfortunately, the first round of tryouts for Big V this year, I um, had a bit of a setback and tore my right calf, um, grade two tear. So it's looking like I'll probably be out for around six weeks or four more weeks from now. Um, so looking to try and come back into the, into the team's training sessions in early December um, the coach has allowed me to have a couple of runs there for a, for a couple of weeks before Christmas and basically if, I'm, if I've still got it, I can play and if I don't, he'll ask me to leave. <laughs> Lovely. Word <laughs> so. on the street from a couple of the, young, the youngsters is that
0: you're going to make the next round. That's... Cuts, which is good to hear. That's, that's, that's the hope, yeah. Alrighty. Um, so going, going into your exercise science um, pathway, when was the moment you knew...
1: Yeah, I wanted to be in strength conditioning, sports science. Um, it was probably in second year. Um, I went into sports science thinking I wanted to get into research. Um, I wanted to work in a lab and do all that side of things. Um, my first subject, one of my first subjects I did was research methods and I absolutely hated it. So that sort of shattered that idea. Um, and then year two, we had to do our placement and I had still, again, no idea what I wanted to do, but... Um, I went and did a strength and conditioning placement in um, at Woodford Sports Science. Yeah, the one in Morabin. In Moorabbin. Yep. yeah. Um, sort of worked pretty closely there with um, Jay Ellis and Jared Kay and sort of discovered that side of sports science because before that I didn't even know strength and conditioning was an industry, to be honest. Um, so that's sort of where I discovered that and realised that I really enjoyed just learning the science behind what you do in a gym, it's not just going to the gym for the sake of it, it's the science of why do you do this and how is this going to improve me and that's sort of what I really, um, really kind of fell in love with and wanted to read more about and learn more about so um, that I guess for my next year and a half in uni was my focus whenever I did a a subject was like okay how can I put this in a strength and conditioning context. and then I was very, very lucky that in my uh, final year, my second, la- my second last semester, I did a exchange program to Canada uh, and I was able to volunteer um, with their athletic development program over there, their uh, strength and conditioning team. Um, and then everything kind of just took off from there, really. Yeah. So that probably was gonna lead into my next question.
0: Um, how, tell us about the experience in
1: Canada. Uh, experience in Canada was unreal um, it's it was probably more than I even expected um, I went over there uh, with no expectations of having anything to do with their SNC program at all I just went over there for the study and for the travel um, and I like would always wanted to go to Canada Canada you know outside of the strength and conditioning thing was just the it's the best best country I've ever been to um, the culture over there is incredible the weather is Ridiculous! The um, the scenery is just amazing. Just, uh, just everything about it, I absolutely loved. Um, and then, basically, when I was right before I was about to go, I thought I'd just uh, send an email to the head strength and conditioning coach, Ken Morrison, and. Um, yeah. Right.
0: Congrats. Thanks, buddy. Well done. Well, talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it a call. Come and see you Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do. Yeah, we will do. Have you moved yet? Ah, uh,
1: yeah, just
0: like do... Okay, yeah, we'll come down. Probably set the gym up today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll... yeah, I will, yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah, it's not bad, eh? I'll give you a call, I'll give you a call. All right, and we'll edit that bit out. Yeah, anyway. so I think you could just edit it. Yeah,
1: okay. 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 Um, so yeah, so before I ended up jetting off to Canada, I, I thought I'd cold call the, uh, the head S&C coach over there uh, for the University of New Brunswick uh, which was Ken Morrison um, was not expecting at all to hear back uh, but basically heard back straight away um, just asked him look I'm not looking for you know anything in particular I'm just hoping I can come and, and just um, you know hang on your hip for a, for a while and just learn as much as I can off you and um, just sort of be a fly on the wall Um, and help out in any way I can Um, basically got a message straight back saying that you know there's no reason why I can't obviously you know they have their placement students but if I'm not looking for any sort of you know credit points or anything like that if I just want to hang out like he's always looking for extra hands so set up a meeting for as soon as I got there pretty much got there arrived at 2 a.m. and met him at 8 a.m. that morning Tough. Uh, Walked straight down to the gym and met him and um, Really, really nice guy, and um, great little setup they had down there. And basically, from there, I started that afternoon, just uh, just uh, in the gym and just sort of shadowing and trying to learn as much as I could. And probably kept quiet for the last, for the first couple of weeks. But um, as I got comfortable and learned sort of how how they work over there, I was able to get more and more and more involved. Until like towards the end of it, I was I was pretty much taking athletes by myself or helping out in the big groups and and really sort of getting hands on and felt like I was, I was really contributing to what they were doing there rather than just being a fly on the wall. So um, it was probably the best thing I've ever done for, for my development as an s and coach. I learnt more in my three months there than I've probably learnt in my entire career. Um, I just, it, was, it was incredible. They've got a whole different way of looking at things and the equipment and the things they're exposed to there and have access to just allows you to do so much more. Um, the quality of athletes you're working with is incredible. Um, so it was just, it was a real, it just blew me away to be honest and, and that's sort of, sort of where everything really kind of kicked off I'd say. Yeah. So what programs were you most heavily
0: involved <clears throat> with? I know like in college they'll segregate into sort of, you know, different sports yeah. and yeah, so what, what programs?
1: Well, the, the head S&C coach Ken, he pretty much took care of every single team or individual athletes programming. Which was unreal, and I sat there for hours and hours and hours and hours watching him program for these guys and, and trying to help out as much as I could and it was incredible. Um, Mark Gifford was also there as an assistant strength conditioning coach, so he took he took quite a lot of load off Ken 's hands where he could um, but basically, I was helping out the most probably with the track and field athletes, especially the throwers. Um, and also with the men's and women's basketball, men's and women's volleyball, uh, they were probably the teams I was mostly mostly involved with. Um, partly because that's how my my schedule with my timetable with uni allowed me to be there for those sessions. And obviously the basketball side of things, I just wanted to do whatever I could to be involved with that. So that's um, so that's probably where I was most heavily involved. But um, more than anything was probably the the throwers, the shot shot put and hammer throw guys. Um, Again, just because of really how my schedule worked out and um, I ended up becoming quite close with those guys. So, um, just sort of went out of my way to make sure I was there with them. Um, by mid-semester, I was probably spending 30 hours a week in the gym. Wow. Um, so, on top of your yeah, On top class. of schooling and on yeah. top of travel and or everything like that, I was, just, I was there at 6am to help out when I could and I wouldn't leave until 9pm and do my classes in between. So I got I got exposed to a lot of different a lot of different like speed skating. I was I got to see a lot of speed skating, which uh, i would never even considered being involved with, which was awesome. Uh, a lot of swimmers as well. Um, the only team there that we didn't uh, we weren't involved with was their hockey team um, because they sort of um, took their SNC out to they had their own SNC coach okay. did their own thing. Yeah. Um, number one hockey team in Canada in yep. the college. So. Yep. Um, but pretty much everything else, lacrosse or anything. Uh, oh, we also got quite involved with um, uh, karate. Um, so we had a couple of really, really good karate athletes there. Kate Campbell um, and Hilary Pond, both looking to go on Tokyo Olympics. Another shout out. A couple of shout outs Dropping there. So some, like some, real, some real, real incredible athletes there. So uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's probably where I was mostly mostly involved.
0: Lovely. Do you keep in contact with any of the coaches and the athletes still today? Like, if you've
1: got Um, questions or yeah, yep, yeah, I'll try and keep in touch. Um, The 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 throwers there, um, John Giannett, chat to him as much as I can, Um, and also you know back and forth with uh, with Ken, the head S&C coach, just with via emails, just keeping in touch. Um, You know, I've got them all on on social media and everything like that. had had one of the throwers, Milton, uh, and his mum actually stay with us last month, um, coming over, coming over to travel Australia. So they stayed with us, which was great to see them. Um, Is it the lovely town of Officer? <laughs> in the lovely town of Officer, that's it. Um, so yeah, as much as I can, trying to stay in touch with these guys, um, a couple of the basketballers as well, mostly mostly the coaches. Um, but yeah, it, it can get tough. But yeah, try, and, try and as hard as I can to sort of stay in touch with them. So yeah, you know, yeah, awesome. So it sounded like you had a really good experience, sort of motivated
0: you, you knew what you wanted to do when you, you, know, when you were there. So when you made the transition back to, back to VU and back to, back to alumni, both here, yeah. back to Melbourne, what did you sort of do to keep that fire burning?
1: Um, when, I, when I initially got back from Canada, um, I had one semester left at VU. So traveling out to Footscray was um, a bit a bit different to waking up on campus in Canada and just walking straight to the gym. Um, but during that last semester, I pretty much just focused on trying to pump up my grades as much as I could, and I didn't really do much work in S&C, um, But I was still obviously researching and reading and all sorts of things like that. Um, and it wasn't until I uh, sort of finished that semester, had nearly finished that semester, where I started um, looking into what did I want to do next, and what jobs are around, and things like that, which is when uh, the the job at Axis um, started being promoted, um, as well as the um, a job application for Long Rangers WNBL. Um, so that sort of what is what led on to the next the next bout of my experiences, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, you finished uni two thousand and Seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah, Mid year
0: in June. June. Yeah. And your first job out of uni is? So very first, like first day of work is where? Dandenong on Rangers, yeah. Rangers. Yeah. So tell us about that. Tell <coughs> us tell us how you sort of how you came across the job, how um, Oh there you go, I didn't mean to self promote myself. But anyway. Um, how you came across the job? Who interviewed you, sort of what the process was to get into something like, an, you know, women's basketball
1: at the elite level, straight out of, straight out of university? Um, so obviously I'd, I'd had a couple of interviews for for Axis Performance and the role here. Um, and I was part of a special interest group on Facebook um, for, for strength and conditioning coaches. Uh, and I saw that Michael Chiviti, Chiviti? Shiv. Shiv, for Shiv. Um, had posted that there was gonna be a job going. Um, so I'd, I'd looked into it pretty hard and um, obviously, WNBL, the Rangers, doesn't get much better than that. I applied for it um, with no real expectations of being able to get it. Um, it was as the assistant strength conditioning coach. Um, basically set up a meeting with Mick uh, for later that week, on a Friday, down in Linbrook. Uh Had a coffee. Coffee and some cake. Had a coffee, no cake, mate. No oh. cake, of course, but lots of coffee. Um, had a good chat, um, probably, probably talked for a, bit, a good hour. Um, nice informal interview, which was nice. Um, just talking about basically what I've, what I've just sort of discussed here with my basketball background and what I did in Canada and what I was involved with and things like that. Um, basically, by the time we finished it, Mick had shook my hand and given me the job. So I was pretty pretty fortunate there. Did um, you know Mick? Did you know Mick before that? N- I'd never met Mick before at all. I had no idea who he was at all. Um, so yeah, I was very fortunate there, and sort of went home, hand shaking. What the hell? I'm going to be involved in a professional basketball club, and I've not done any paid work in the industry yet. <laughs> so that was that was kind of yeah blowing my mind a little bit. And it was actually later that day, after the interview, I got another, I got an email from Mick saying that he was running a high performance program at Hoops 24-7. In, in South. In Danny South, yeah. Um, and said, uh, I've, got, I've got some groups happening tomorrow morning, uh, if you want to help out. Again, basketball, just thought you might be interested. And I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll come down and help out. Um, so I went down there the next day, and the first session just sort of watched around, like sort of how the sessions worked with Mick and Mick. Um, It was all junior athletic development so it was all like sprinting mechanics and um, running jumping landing change direction just all sort of um, technique work with some intro strength Um, and started to get more and more involved in that and very slowly sort of over the next few months Mick kind of filtered out a little bit and I sort of took over Um, and then, obviously meanwhile while that was happening I was I was pretty hands-on with what we were doing at the Rangers as well so um, so I sort of got two jobs in one interview, which was great. Um, filled up my hours quite nicely. Um, kept me very busy and learnt a lot. And working with the juniors at Hoops um, allowed me to, to get very hands-on and try all new things and things that I'd um, been exposed to, but hadn't been able to try on any athletes. And you know, um, but I guess I learnt a lot from there. And then on the whole other end of the spectrum at Long Rangers, working with elite athletes that have a lot of training years under their belt, and really doing the more sports science, load monitoring and things like that, um, I was really getting sort of, yeah, two ends of the spectrum, which I think was, was quite good, um, for my development. Awesome. So, um,
0: uh, I've met a couple of the Rangers girls, they're quite bubbly and, uh, energetic. Yep. Um, what
1: was your relationship like with, with the, with the girls? Um, They made it very easy for me to to kind of slot in there. They were um, very open-minded girls, very, like I said, very bubbly, very energetic. Um, Just, they didn't hate going to the gym. They just made the most of it. They went in, they had a smile on their face the whole time. You know, a lot of interaction between coach and athlete, which was, you know, which was really good. Um, anything, any sort of input that I was able to, able to give um, or advice I was able to give, they all took on board, and there was no sort of like, oh, who's this kid fresh out of uni? It was just like, he's done it. He's done a degree. He knows what he's talking about. Let's listen to him. And he really gave me gave me my, my time to shine, I guess. And um, uh, I was very very easy to get along with them. Um, I guess you know there is a, there is a big stigma going into women's sports and how they react to S and C coaches and and things like that. And, and Getting in the gym and doing the hard yards, but there was absolutely none of that with these girls at all. Um, I don't think any of them ever missed a session. Um, they were always there, you know, quarter to six in the morning or whatever it was, just in the gym, ready to go, get there 15 minutes early, have their warm ups done, and just as soon as six o'clock hit, done, let's go. And um, yeah, it was very easy for me to work with them. Um, I, I really enjoyed my time there.
0: Uh, who would you say was the hardest worker not obviously not not saying the most talented but if we're talking in a gym sense who walked into the gym
1: just laser focus probably Tessa Lady so um, there'd be be two there'd be Tessa Lady or Kira Rowe I'd say were probably the ones that stood out to me so uh, Tessa being part of the Australian Opals program Um, obviously has been exposed to quite a lot of uh, Strength and conditioning work before, and really knew her way around the gym and around the movements. And you'd see her come in, and same sort of thing. Very bubbly, smiley, having a joke with everyone. You know, watching whatever was on TV while we're getting started. But as soon as it was go time, you'd sort of see Tessa kind of go off on her own just a little bit and get focused, and you know, really trying to progress with you know what weight she was lifting or how fast she's moving it, and all that sort of thing, and really. You didn't have to give her many cues or, or, you know, or, or talk to her too much. You just sort of knew she was going to go and just get it done and, and get a good workout in. Um, and then the other one, Kira Rowe, uh, a young development player that, um, that was very, definitely starting to get a lot of recognition towards the end of the season and, and getting some decent minutes. And, and again, this season is now having um, a, very, a very good year to start. Um, same sort of thing. She'd she'd come in, and she was again a very very energetic young girl. Um, but um, was was very very eager to progress and and do the absolute best she could at whatever she was given. Um, whether that was in a you know in a individual one on one basketball sessions, or if that was in the gym with with me and Mick, um, she she was not afraid to throw around some heavy things, and um, you know. Drop the weights and make some noise. She was not not worried about that at all, um, and just just a very well-rounded athlete um, that that understood the importance of, of the physical side of things. So she was she was a joy to work with as well. Awesome. Did you have much of a role game day? Uh, game day, uh, I had a great role on game day. Game day, I got I came in. Um, would just make sure you know got around to the girls and checked how they were all feeling and everything like that. Um, I'd run their warm-ups um, right before the game on court. Um, once the game started, I got a front row seat to watch the whole game and didn't really have to do a whole lot except for you know every now and then just sort of check in on anyone if I sort of noticed um, you know anyone had come up a bit a bit limber after a play. I would just sort of check in on them. But uh, the team physio was there for every single game as well, or every single home game at least anyway. So. Um, so she sort of took that side of things, but I'd always just sort of be around to make sure everyone was doing, doing all right. But um, pretty much once the game started, I just got a front row seat to a pro basketball game each week, which was great. And then at the end, come back in, run their cool downs, um, you know, sort of recommend whatever recovery protocols I yep. feel they should do, you know, leading into whatever their schedule was looking like for the next week. Um, myself and Mick sort of al- alternated, um, you know, who would take home games um, and occasionally it would be the both of us. Um, and then there was the development girls who you know, might not have been getting as many minutes as, as the senior girls, um, so after we'd sort of had all our chats with the coaches and stuff like that, I'd take them out to another court and we'd do some just top-up running, um, just to sort of keep them on a nice, you know, even pace with the rest of the team. So basically, if anyone, <clears throat> anyone who got under 15 minutes had to do some top-up running, and we just did some MAS work for you know, 8 to 12 minutes. Um, just just to get some extra miles in their league, so they were on par with the rest of the team, um, just in case their number was called at any point in the season with injury or anything like that, that they were ready to go and, and weren't sort of behind the eight ball. So that was another part of what I had to do on game day. Um, it would end up being a relatively long, long day, but yeah. um, there was absolutely no part of it that felt like work for me. I was, you love what you do, it's <laughs> like, not work, eh? Hey? That's it, that's it, watching, watching professional basketball and getting to interact with the girls can't really beat that, so. Uh,
0: So, rolling on from Dandy Rangers, you were still at
1: Hoops? Still at Hoops 24-7 up until uh, May this year, um, which is when, uh, well, Axis was looking to open in June, um, and during May I was travelling through Europe for about a month, Um, so I sort of stopped stopped Hoops before I went to Europe and went and travelled and then came back had about a week to do induction and things like that here and then started here in, in June, um, yeah. So prior
0: to Access opening, you were doing a little bit of consult work for us pre-opening at yep. Berwick College. Yep. Um, tell us what you are doing with the, the
1: kids at Berwick College. Um, so the kids at Berwick College, um, mostly working with the year sevens and eights and nines. Yep. 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 Um, so basically the work we were doing there was around uh, jump and land assessments uh, and running assessments. So we'd go in, I'd, get, I'd, have, a, I'd have a group of you know, 20 to 20 to 25 kids, um, take them through group warm-ups, um, break them off into groups and we would do um, a bunch of different assessments to assess like jumping technique, landing technique, jumping ability, like so how you know, triple hop distance and broad jump distance and things like that. Um, to give us a good baseline um, and then i'd sort of bring them all together we 'd do a big workout at the end, um, sort of based around improving those things and some introductory strength work uh, bring them all in for a bit of a chat, do some educational work with them as well on you know why this is important and why physical preparation is is important um, you know it 's not just the gym it's it 's everything to do with with physical performance so um, yeah, a lot of education on it too, and then um, and then session two would be the, the running and sprint assessments, similar sort of thing. A lot a lot of um, a lot of visual assessing on technique, um, and and some programming at the end and a bit of education there as well. Um, so I think we did that for about four weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, covering covering you sevens, eights, and nines. Um, and I feel like yeah, again, I got I got a lot out of it. I feel like the kids got a lot out of it nice a very good school to be a part of um so the coaches were right into it as well so i think they they also learnt a lot of, about it and learned how they could um you know implement some things that I'd, I'd shown the kids into their own training with their warm-ups and things like that before games and you know just things like activation and, and landing technique and things like that, that they could they could incorporate into their training sessions um so yeah i think it was a really a really uh successful four-week program that we ran yeah
0: awesome yeah good feedback from from the coaches, some are there, some are gone, some moved on, but um, yeah, I think the kids liked it. A few parents have come up, um, that train here, and said, oh, you know, yeah, the kids kids liked it, a little bit different, exposure to that sports science kind of thing. Um, tell us about the team at Access, so a little bit, it's a different centre, obviously to your normal, either if it's a recovery centre or your strength conditioning gym, but, um, tell us more about the team more from like say like personality
1: aspect of things um so obviously we've got a very very well-rounded team here um so we can kind of take care of of everything from from rehab and um you know initial injury assessments and um and then strength conditioning uh as well as obviously the the sports recovery facilities we've we've got here um but in terms of the team we're uh pretty pretty lucky to be a part of the team that we we have Um, you know everyone from from the reception staff um, to to our physios and 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 eps and everything like that are are all are all sort of here for the right reasons and and to do the you know the right things you know by by our athletes and um each one of us just kind of wants to learn as much as we can and and having different um expertise in 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 the fitness field um is really handy for myself and everyone else that works here as well. Obviously, I learn a lot from Rod and a lot from Mitch, and I feel like those, you know, those guys are able to then learn things from me and the physio, and then the reception guys are obviously able to learn a little bit from everyone, and so I sort of ga- gauge a bit of um, a bit of knowledge on on what we we provide here as well. Um, so uh, everyone everyone here sort of knows what they're doing. Um, everyone here is, is is wanting to learn and become the best professionals that they can. Um, and then we're just very lucky that everyone here are also pretty good people so we, we get along quite well and have a few laughs and um, sort of keep that energy nice and high uh, which is good and you know, we, everyone here has sort of got a, a good you know, we, we, we see each other a lot during our shift so there's no people that you sort of don't see here and there it's everyone sort of integrated into what we do so you, know, you get a lot of face-to-face time with the staff here and, um, and you know, we're pretty, luck- pretty lucky with who we've got on board here Cool. So, your role here obviously
0: is an employed one, which is one that you're personally pretty proud of, um, considering what the sort of call it the fitness industry, it's a lot of subby work. Um, but, talk about sort of what you actually do here. So, you know, what, you know, you're our one and only superstar exercise scientist. So, you know, what, what do you run through on a day to day basis?
1: Uh, so my role here is uh, I guess basically everything involved with the athlete performance side of things. Um, so I, I do supervise our recovery zone as much as I can when I'm free um, but outside of that it's mostly I do private uh, one-on-one groups of two and groups of three um, strength and conditioning sessions uh, and I supervise our athletic development program which is our group performance training sessions. Um, they're, they're they're probably my main roles. I'm, I'm just any all of our all of our services for athlete performance, you know, outside of rehab and things like that. That's sort of where my focus is. Um, so I'll you know I do the majority of the programming and the majority of the the supervising of the sessions or the coaching of the sessions. Um, yeah, whether that is a one on one or if you're in one of our groups, um, that that's sort of where my focuses are and that's my role my role here. So um, your probably main clientele is probably been
0: basketball
1: yep especially in my private sessions yeah
0: yeah, yep. um, do you think that's got anything to do with your past experience like with the Rangers or do you think because you're in the basketball scene people have sort of gravitated to you for that from that sense or is it a bit of both uh,
1: I think it's a combination of everything so obviously the, the, the networks that I have you know in the sporting industry are uh, a majority Basketball, because uh, that's where that's basically all I've done in my entire life is basketball. Um, you know, if, like I always say if it wasn't for basketball, there's a lot of things in my life I wouldn't have. Um, they, they all sort of stemmed from that. So that's obviously where a lot of my networks and contacts are. So that's sort of people. People are starting to kind of know who I am in this, in the basketball industry from people who already did know from me as a player, or now know of me as as a coach in that industry. Um, uh, you know, starting to sort of gain a little bit of traction as you know, the, the, the basketball guy in the area. So that, that's sort of one of one of my aims um, with the performance training. Um, obviously, the experience that I, I've had at Barrett College is um, you know, interests a lot of parents that are looking at getting into basketball academy. So they you know they might be looking to go to Barrett College for the basketball academy and then hear that you know we're, we're going to be running some programming there and then want to come here and, and train with me now. Um, my experience in Canada and, and with the WNBL program, you know, obviously that sort of stands out to, to some people. Um, uh, but then I also think the biggest thing for me is, um, I guess that's, that's where my biggest interests are. My biggest interests are in um, improving basketball performance. Um, so that's like where I focus a lot of my research and a lot of my, my studying and my reading and... You know um trying to develop my skills as a coach around you know improving explosive movements in basketball because i think that's that's where my biggest passion is um again i try not to isolate myself to just basketball but that is my that is my passion so i guess that is where i put a lot of my effort and my energy into um, and I, I guess my my long-term aim is to be known as as the basketball guy you know if you're if you're in basketball in you know the southeastern suburbs in, in melbourne then and, you, and you're in off-season or in-season and you need some extra work that, you know, I'm the guy to go to is sort of where my, my, aim, my aim is that, you know, I'm known as, as that basketball guy to go to. So so that's, I guess, all those things combined is, is what's sort of making me, you know, begin to kind of take off a little bit now and, and, and fill up those private sessions pretty quickly. So hopefully that just keeps going. Yep, hopefully. Yeah, any basketball athletes
0: out there... Um, um, I think, like as jake said he 's really focused on uh, improving the performance of basketball athletes, but not only that hes still you know you still play, so you think you 've got a good understanding of the game, sort of you know what you know what agility people need, what strength could, you know, factors and components people need, um, and I think that really puts you in in good stead, obviously, touch wood going back into Big V for the 2019 season. Um, I think you know you've even touched base with a, a few more and take over the take over the industry. You're probably
1: pretty lucky there's not many basketball people out this way. No, that's true. Which uh um, probably the probably the lucky thing about being in Australia is most people are focused on the football codes. Um, I love football too, but <laughs> Just on a whole different level than basketball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no,
0: your uh, passion for basketball is is next level. Yeah. Probably only second to coffee. Yeah, I do love a good coffee. That is true, yeah. Coffee, favourite, you know, if you walk into Cole... Oh, no, sorry, I'll say Woolies, because you, you're yeah. a valued employee of Woolies. <laughs> if you had a coach's tip, I think every SNC coach, if you don't like coffee, start drinking coffee. Start drinking coffee. Yeah, Drink it anyway, you can take yeah. it. Yeah. So, what's your... You know, walk into a or say you walk into a cafe.
1: What's your order? What's your coffee or oh, order? Oh, it, it, it depends actually. Um, if, you my, a, if you need if you need to pick me up, if I need a pick, look, I, I love a, a long black, and I'll get them to sort of give me a bit of, a bit of milk on the side oh. um, because you, know, you go to some some cafes and you get a long black and it's absolutely Dude. delicious. And sometimes you go to one and it's not so great. And you need to add a little bit of milk. So that's probably my go-to: a long black with a bit of milk on the side. Um, if I'm just going for a casual coffee with, with friends and, you know, taking my time, then I'll, I'll go a flat white. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're my two options. But I'd say the long black's definitely definitely the go-to. But, yeah, as Rod just said, if you're, if you're a sports scientist looking to get into the industry and you might not be a morning person or an evening person, then coffee coffee is the answer.
0: <laughs> two <laughs> to three black coffees
1: a day keeps Alzheimer's away. That is, that is my motto that's, motto. that's it. It's... Um, a lot of early mornings and a lot of late nights back to backs um, so yeah coffee, coffee coffee is a uh, is a godsend now if anyone
0: follows uh, coach Jake underscore access um, and if you don 't follow we'll put a little maybe thing in the description um, you have just joined the Warrigal Country Club. Yes, tell I us have. about this aspiring golf career that you you know you you know I think I've heard you mention that you'd quit basketball, quit work, you want to join the PGA Tour, you're
1: to be the oldest amateur. That's some good money, good money in golf. Um, <laughs> How do you hit them? Um, I hit them? I hit them very right mostly, very right. Um, every now and then I'll get onto one and it'll be nice, long and straight and it'll be you know, straight down the guts but they're uh, slowly, slowly becoming more and more regular, those ones. Um, well I've always sort of me and, my, me and my dad used to play golf Quite a lot when I was a bit younger um, I used to sort of He had a good mate that was quite good at golf Dad was okay at golf And I was six years old or eight years old Or something like that and used to just go with them Out down in uh, Marysville And uh, I used to Listen to whatever score everyone else gave And always just pick the number that was lower So yeah I got a four on that whole <laughs> oh, Jake was a par five. Oh, the old yep, foot yep, yep, wedge Yep, yep. Yep. So, sort of always loved golf um, And then didn't play it again for a long, long time During my early teens uh, Became good mates with a guy That was um, trying to go professional And played with him quite a bit And he taught me a lot And I started to get pretty good again And uh, lost contact with him And stopped playing again And then, you know, a few random games Over the next 15 years or so um, But still just kind of loved it got mum to buy me a new bag and a, and a buggy for my 21st birthday which sat in the garage not touched for three years. Um, and then just recently uh, father-in-law is uh, retired and loves a bit of golf. Graham. Graham. Um, also, also doing some work here with Rod um, and loves a game of golf so me and him sort of have started consistently playing. You know, again, life of a strength coach, you get a little bit of morning work and evening work, and the and the days are free to play some golf. So um, we've with a, with a couple of close friends of ours have um, started sort of yeah regularly playing, and uh, and now we've all joined at Warrigal Golf Club. Uh, beautiful course up there, and a great little restaurant bar area as well. So um, got the whole package. So went up there and played a few rounds and fell in love with it. So just this week I've signed on as a member Um, like I said still really struggling to hit them straight but it's just uh, you get there and you just nothing else matters and you just play some golf in the good weather and it's just that really sort of helps me to zone out and and recover my mind Um, I've got a very active brain usually I'm just constantly needing to do things so uh, being able to go out and play golf and relax a little bit is is really big for me Um, and then you know Sports just great. Just love that competitiveness as well. So,
0: so golf question. Mm-hmm. Say I don't know it's par five, and it's not straight. You know, it's one of those fairways that sort of goes around to the left. Do you play it safe and try and hit the apex of the fairway, or do you go over the slightly medium-sized tree with the driver?
1: Um, when I, when I first started playing regularly, definitely take out your biggest club, give it the biggest whack you can. If the fairway's hanging left, that means I was I was aiming very left because I had a nasty left-to-right slice. Um, but I could get a little bit of distance. Um, now that I'm starting to really you know think about every shot that I take and, and how I can you know decrease a, a stroke here and there, I'm probably I'm probably going to lay that up on the on the corner there and, and get a get a good look at the green. Um, you know, trying my aim recently is just just get the ball on the green in two shots. part five sometimes it's not quite there, but part, part four fours just get the get the ball on the green on two shots and then six putt. Six <laughs> putt. But um, yeah, no, these days trying to trying to be a little bit smarter about it. Um, it's the it's the holes with water that, that get me every time. Drive, drive for show, putt for dough. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, brand of club? What are we using? I don't even know. They've got to be 15 years old. Mines. Oh. I actually have no idea. Are, they, are there any wood in them? No, no wood in them. No wood in them. They're just uh, hand-me-downs from from my mate that I played with a lot when I was about 18. Okay. Um, so they're all different lengths and all sorts of things. So um, that's the next thing. We're like, if we play play um, consistently, we'll join up as a member and then invest in some and, and then invest clubs. in some clubs. So uh, that's that's sort of the next thing we're going to look at. Um, yeah, I actually have no idea what they are. My bag is a, is a Greg Norman shark. Oh, lovely. Uh, but Settlers yeah. run. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, played there a couple of times, very unsuccessfully. Played a lot of shots there. <laughs> <laughs> Only sport where you shoot
0: more, worse. Yeah. Um, so going back to axis induction, I remember we were sitting down in the compression lounge and I'm talking about, you know, I'm gonna sort of do this this way, I'm gonna do this way, and the contrast therapy protocols come up. And then the very last line is like, okay, we're gonna try it. Um, what's going through your mind as you're standing there in shorts looking at uh, a quite a deep pool, 1.5 meters, that's sitting at about 11.8 degrees? Um, did you think it was
1: gonna be as cold as it was? Um, it was actually, yeah, like, it's the initial shock of getting in. Um, I've done, like, a lot of ocean swimming in in winter and things like that, and that's pretty, that can get pretty cold. So I was sort of like, oh, it's probably going to be something similar to that. But that initial, when you just drop straight in, kind of takes your breath away and, um, you know, you've really got to kind of focus to keep yourself nice and even keel that first time. Um, but once you're in there, it's actually it's not too bad. Um, look, well, I was I was probably a little bit nervous and may have taken me a few little. Come on, Jay, you can do this to actually get in there. Uh, you know, a couple of a couple of girls were up there just making me look very silly, trying to trying to get in. <laughs> but yeah, once you're in and you calm yourself down, it's actually not too bad. Um, but yeah, that 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 first time, there's always a little bit of nerves and a bit a bit anxious about getting in there. Uh, hanging for that hot spa to, to jump in there um, but yeah once you've done sort of one, one round it's, it's not too bad you sort of know what to expect and, and, it, and it's alright but there's always nerves and butterflies in that first time you want to go in 1.5 metres it doesn't really give you a lot of doesn't water. give you much place to escape no it? there's not you can't, you can't really cheat it it's, you're either in or you're not so um, yeah that's it thank you Endless Spas for our pools uh, in Limbrook uh, another shout out I'm going to get
0: a shout out button all right, um, a little bit of word association. I'm gonna give you either a phrase, or I'm gonna give you two options, and I want you to want you to choose. All right. Mm-hmm. So the first one, Jordan or LeBron. Jordan. Deadlift or squat. Trap bar deadlift. Oh, hybrid.
1: <laughs> you, uh, can't, you can't cheat a trap bar deadlift. No, you can't.
0: Uh, who said that? Who said you can't? You can't cheat a one RM trap bar deadlift. Well, that's, I, I read that
1: like. A couple back who was weeks that? Back. it was on science for sport it could have been but it's like one of the only lists that you can't actually cheat
0: someone said you can't you cheat you pick
1: that thing up or you don't yeah <laughs> yeah I agree and I agree with it I agree with it 100% trap bar deadlift is is probably my go to move yeah um uh, uh, stretch or foam roll oh probably stretch stretch okay uh run or lift lift uh, yeah. Do not like running? I hate running. I'm all I'm all about short, sharp sprinting, or okay. you know, some change of direction stuff. Or if you want me to do you know, maybe a couple a couple of thirty to forty meter sprints for some intervals. Yeah, okay, yeah. I can do that. But if you want me to go run eight k's, not happening. Okay. Not happening for me, unfortunately. Beach or snow? Beach. Close or well, well out in front. Uh, Beach, beach has probably always been well out in front for me um, until, until I experienced minus 30 in Canada yeah. and I've actually loved that. Yeah. Um, so I guess if I was in Canada, I'd pick snow. <laughs> Any other time, no nah, beach. Beach, 100%. The hot weather, the water, yeah.
0: Yep. Um, okay. Uh, movies or drive-ins? Uh, oh, sorry, cinemas. Cinemas or drive-ins?
1: Cinemas or drive-ins? Uh, probably drive-ins actually, but I probably go to the cinema more often. More. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess no drive ins out near you is like Dan dandelion. On is
1: 20 minutes. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, lollies or chocolate?
1: Lollies. Lollies? Yeah. Favourite? Which ones? Um, I like the, the raspberry creams. Oh, With yeah. The white, white on the bottom, the yeah. red dot on top. Yeah. Do you bite the top off first and then? Every it, time. Yeah. Every time. Then you get the raspberry and you get the creams. So yeah, that. lovely. Yeah. Um, read or watch? So if there's you know, I don't know, Harry Potter. Read the book, watch the movie. I've done both with Harry Potter, read yeah. the books first. Um, no, if it's something like that, probably watch. Probably watch, yeah. Watch. Yeah. Okay. Um Haven't read The Lord of the
0: Rings but love the Lord of the Rings yeah. movies. Yeah. yeah. It's on the next on the list. Yeah. Um beer or wine or alternative?
1: Uh, um uh beer. Beer, beer, probably more regularly, but I've, I've recently started loving a red wine. Is that because you play golf? You're now a member of a golf club? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was loving the red wine before I became a member of a golf club. But no, probably beer. Um, I'm, I'm a bit uh, diverse, I'd say. I love, I love a scotch as well. Okay. It just sort of really depends how I'm feeling, what the weather's like. Yep. If it's hot, I'm going beer every time. If yep. it's winter, I'm going red wine or scotch. So, okay. yeah.
0: And I know the answer to this one already. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs, 100%. Tell us a little bit, just before we wrap up, tell us a little bit of your fondness for the
1: man's best friend. For the man's best friends. Uh, always grew up with border collies. I grew up on a bit on, a, on some land. Um, Whereabouts? In Wurrealec. Oh, that's yes. Out in the Yarra Valley. So I grew oh, up with Tigers? Yeah. Tigers? That's it, Wurre Tigers. Yeah, played there for eight years as well. Um, yeah so always loved having dogs and then um when I met my now fiance um we she had it she had a dog that you know i sort of took took as as my own um and we've just recently got a little puppy puppy kelpie um so she's five months old now, so um yeah just just love everything about dogs love coming home and having having a dog there get excited about about you coming home and you know to get you out and be active and go for walks and go to the park and you know, makes you want to do things on the weekend and, and things like that. It's just always good to have have that company, I guess. They're just they're just a, they're just smart smart little animals when you put in the work, and it's just yeah, just always going to have a dog. Your dog has an Instagram. My dog has an Instagram. Hazel the Kelpie. Any dots in there? Yeah, Hazel dot the dot Kelpie. All right. Shout out to Hazel. We access follows Hazel the Kelpie. Yep, yep. very active walkies. social media account. Walkies, walkies, walkies. Yep. more than your coach one, I reckon. Definitely more than my coach one. I'm a little bit slack with my my professional uh, Instagram there, um, but all over the, the the Kelpie, all over Hazel's. Um, she she goes for a walk every day. Goes to the dog park every day as well. So she's very active. So good. It's a good good social media account to follow. If you don't follow that one, follow it.
0: Yeah, get on it. All right, and lastly, a tip to all expir- uh, aspiring strength conditioning coaches, personal trainers, anyone that wants to sort of be involved in the sports per- performance. Yep. Yeah. not even sports performance, just like a general, you know, if you want to be a CrossFit coach or, or whatever it is, um, what is
1: your, what's your number one tip find apart from drinking coffee? Other than drinking coffee, um, find a mentor, um, and just expose yourself to a lot of different tra- types of tra- training styles. Um, so for me, I was very lucky to, to, well, not lucky. I did a lot of volunteer work, a lot of free work, um, but I was able to then be exposed to a lot of different coaches who coached a lot of different ways. Um, you know, exposed to juniors, to seniors, to elite level, to amateur level, to um, collegiate college you know things is obviously just a whole lot different by the way they go about things Um, and that that'd be my my biggest thing is find find a mentor don't find just one find as many as you can and whether it's on social media as well as you know face-to-face stuff just just really try and get some exposure to to different coaching styles so you know I've, I've been able to sort of take a piece from here and a piece from there and things I liked with this coach and things I liked with that coach and certain things that didn't work when I was working with these guys or you know so and so um, it's that's definitely my biggest thing find a mentor just get out there and, and, and be exposed to as much as you can good tip
0: I agree I agree I don't think there's one training style that works you know over the other you know research might say 80% of for 80% of people it showed this but you know there's the 20% of people that missed out on on dem gains yep. for whatever reason so um yeah I wholeheartedly agree that, yeah, talk to lots of people, get exposure to, yeah, lots of different coaches, lots yeah. of different settings, so you've obviously worked private, uh, elite sport, high school, college, there's probably not many others that you can work in, not
1: pretty, not, not pretty really good a year out. That's it. Um, I'd say another big thing is also when you are working with athletes, just ask them, how, how did that feel? That's something that I, I still do even if an athlete's been with me for months and months. How did that feel? What did you think of that? You know, where did you feel that? Things like that. Because you start to learn what athletes like doing and what they don't like doing and I feel like that's half the battle. If, you know, if there's an exercise that they just absolutely hate doing, there's always an alternative that's going to make them enjoy that session a lot more and that can be half the battle between getting someone to, um, to keep coming back and doing all their sessions. Or to are starting to fade away and not enjoy it as much so that that's a big thing as well always always sort of have some feedback from your athletes and know know how they're feeling about about the session good tip yeah it's two for one
0: two for one two for one two for one always two for one love a good two for one that's it two pairs of socks mm. pay one price that was a terrible joke anyway um thank you thank you yeah we'll cut the word of that one out uh Thank you, Jake, for coming on on the podcast. I'm sure you'll be on it a few more times. We might get you back on your maybe the the lead up to the return. The return. Yeah, Hashtag the return. Post calf. Post semi-retirement. Um, yeah, we we're very, 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 very lucky to to have Jake as part of our team during the interview process. I know we've told him this before, but he was head and shoulders above everyone else that came through even though he did come from VU but some of the greats come from VU um but yeah no thanks for coming on the podcast and keep up the
1: good work thanks for having me